Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, I can't believe we made it through no, all we, three discs. We haven't made it anywhere yet. <laughs> well, this is it. This is the final six songs. Correct. On the gigantic triple disc album emancipation yes we have done six episodes this being six of six uh-huh we decided prince is gonna make 36 track three disc album then we're gonna do six podcasts <laughs> about six songs each and maybe it will turn into a pyramid where we can find out the meaning of human civilization yeah there you go <laughs> i think that's fair sure I don't know that we're going to get there, but <laughs> I, lofty I, goals, friends. I, exactly. I don't either. And this is not the end of our emancipation coverage. There will be more, but we'll get to that at the end of the episode. Before we dive into the music, though, our friend Ronnie pointed out that we neglected to mention that Shante Moore provided additional vocals on La 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 Means I Love You. She had a certified gold record called Precious, released in 1992. She had previously been signed by Warner Brothers, Uh recorded an entire album, and then got dropped by the label. They never released that first album that she was a part of, but she participated in this. Her biggest hits, she's had eight or ten albums that she's put out over the course of her career. Um, But her biggest hits seem to be uh, Love's Taken Over from 1992 and Shantae's Got a Man from 1999. No, she referred to herself in the third person on her own hit. That's right. So thanks again to Ronnie for pointing out that we missed something there. For sure. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that we missed. I was going to say, there's no way that's the only thing we missed. But (laughs) to fix one of many transgressions is good and appreciated. That's right. Well, and I thought it was interesting. Somebody who had a a career in their own right who was, you know, kind of tangentially related to this. Always good to mention. Indeed. Tis. Are we ready to jump into the music? No. <laughs> you want to sit around? You want to talk about stuff? How you doing, Josh? I'm okay. <laughs> Sleep around, Christy. Gotcha. Track 33. Is that correct? No. 31. 31. That is correct. Track 31, Christy, <laughs> as I was saying. The liner notes for this one say... Must have been the Get Wild cologne. Nah, that's fun. Mm-hmm, I forgot about that. Yeah. You, was that in the CD book? Yes. Or the, All the liner okay. notes are from the CD okay. booklet. Okay. It's good that I have finally gotten that through my thick skull <laughs> now that we're on track 31 of 36. That wasn't painful at all, was it? <laughs> Caesar Sogby and Joe Galdo are on this again, much like the human body. They also kind of have a similar club vibe kind of sound. Definitely a lot of mm-hmm. sounds. Yeah. Yep. Yes, you've been posting about uh, Caesar Sogby yes. recently on the socials. That's right. And what he had in common with Prince, including break the rules if there are some. That's right. 
It seems like that was a common theme mm-hmm. for these men. Yep. So in addition to them and Prince playing everything, the other instrumentalists are the NPG Horns with a Z, mm-hmm. who include Michael B. Nelson, Steve Strand, Dave and Kathy Jensen, and Brian Gallagher. I've been trying to figure out what my take is going to be on this song <laughs> for a number of days. Okay. And I think it's best if we just jump right in. Sure. I'm not quite, I still don't quite know what my take is on this song. But I'll tell you what, it starts off with fun, echoey, like telephone effects on Prince's voice for the do it like she like, uh-huh. which I always like. Yeah. And the I little kinda... drum bass horns right off the bat are. Musically, I like it a lot. Lyrically, we'll we'll figure out what I what I think. <laughs> are you are you undecided? Yes. Okay. Very much undecided. Okay. Uh, it starts with a chorus, which I think that's fun. You shouldn't have to worry about that a committed partner will sleep around. Um, but I can kind of get behind the idea of being attentive to your partner's need. That, yeah, I felt both ways about this. Yeah. That, um, yeah, uh, is it a uh, underestimating of a woman's self-control to feel like you have to warn someone about this? Or is it a taunting prince who has something to deliver to you and is about to reveal himself as... Uh, the one that might be keeping your relationship together because he's secretly been making sure that she's satisfied and you, listener, could not get it done. <laughs> I think it's y- yes. So I think that he knows something. I think this is a specific relationship that he's singing about. So he's not just saying in general, do it like she like it so your baby yeah, don't want to sleep a, around. This isn't a mantra. This isn't <laughs> this like is, a yeah. general advice. This is a specific situation advice. Okay. I think. We'll, we'll get more into that in a minute. There is some super cool rubbery guitars in the left channel that are just delightful. You get them close up. Later in the song, too, but yeah, yeah all everything you hear in the uh, instrumental towards the end mm-hmm. is present throughout this, just kind of reveals itself at the end more specifically, mm-hmm. like Prince does as the man who's messing around with your relationship. That's right. A little after that, there's some smooth, kind of almost elastic sounding keys in mm-hmm. the right channel. And I just thought it was a really nice compliment to the guitar. They're both kind of bouncy, but in different ways. Yeah, this is more of like an organic kind of sound to a song as compared to the human body to Uh me, which is a little more electronic. Right. Maybe it's the horns that do that too, but Mm -hmm. um, even Prince's own guitar work helps with that. So yeah, like you said, starts with the chorus and then um, maybe you should be worried if Prince is coming up to you and telling you, 
your lady friend let me read her journal. Oh, but he invaded her privacy. Oh, for sure. Because he's, uh, <laughs> he sings so sweetly about it, too. Mm-hmm. But almost in a coy way. Right. You can Baby, hear let smirk. me read her journal. Or should I say, she turned around and it was gone. Baby, let me read her journal. Yeah, I stole it just like I stole her from you. Uh-huh. And now I'm going to let you know so uh-huh. that your next journal entry can be a long one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he's saying, I read a lot about me uh-huh. in her journal. Yeah. And you should know she's more into me than she is into you. Yeah, I don't know that it would be a lot of innuendo in a journal. I think like a journal entry is fairly like to the point. I don't think that you do a lot of hinting at things in your journal. I don't have a journal, but I would think that that, you know. So when he gets to the innuendo reads eternal. eternal, It makes me think, was she just doing some creative prose about, you know, I don't know, the opening of a flower perhaps? I think what he was saying is the innuendo is that her feelings for Prince are eternal because Prince shows up on every other page. Okay. That's the way I understood it is that it's the innuendo is that her feelings for him are really strong because he appears frequently. I see. Like to him, he knows that this will last forever. Right. Or the story will last forever anyway. Right. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. And of course we get a car sound effect. When he says, when you saw her riding in my car. Maybe you recall last summer when you saw her riding in my car. A kiss yeah, it made me think of Park's Jeep uh-huh. and Face Down. Yeah, but it was super fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there, there was a little more, I don't know, reveal laying, laying of the future plans here right before that when he sings which I'm also trying to figure out is this demeaning or not. When she comes to cook your dinner, you can ask her if what I say is true. Like I, sh- you can't even do so much as eat without her. Um, and it'll be the perfect chance for you to confront her about what I'm telling you while I slip away, Jimmy, <laughs> and leave you to talk in your dinette. <laughs> right? That's super passive aggressive, setting them up for a breakup or at least a argument for the ages. Uh-huh. Um, but he, Prince, proposes that she won't admit it. The secret will remain within her. But you'll be able to tell that it's true because of how red she turns uh-huh. out of embarrassment. And in return, you will turn blue. Jealousy? Anger? Uh-huh. Or yeah. uh, no sexual satisfaction? Oh, yes. It's a blue ball. <laughs> <laughs> the secret will remain within But shade of red will turn you blue. But there are a lot of... This is Prince dropping like the most obvious of breadcrumbs and he just keeps going like the back to where you were going with the 
maybe you recall last summer <laughs> when you saw her running in my car. Uh-huh. I'm sure she told you that I was just a friend who came to pick her up, but now nah, I was driving her home from my place. Uh-huh. And uh, hotness doesn't make you trustworthy. Just because she's fine, you think she don't whine and dine with everyone you know. As long as you're fooled, I'm cool. Just because she's fine, you think she don't whine and dine with everyone you know. Oh, as long as you're fooled, I'm cool. She says she's gonna put me in a video. She says she's going to put me in a video. So, I mean, is she a director or is she making her own home movies? <laughs> I'd be careful if I were her because this other thing, like it doesn't seem like someone like Prince would be too cool knowing that she was not only seeing him behind this man's back, but everyone else (laughs) he knows. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Maybe you recall recall last fall when the mailman came to your house (laughs) with your credit card bill. Well, guess what? But we do get some really fun vocalizing and ad-libbing of the word sleep around or the words mm-hmm. sleep around just after that. So it's it's very fun. It sounds very fun. It is very fun. And his manner of delivery is uh-huh. very fun. And of course it's coy because he's got, you know, something up his sleeve. Yeah. Or up his pant leg, <laughs> you might say, that he knows this person has no answer for. Right. But so that's what I get confused on too is why would he bother giving advice unless it's more like for, oh, the next time. Oh. This is what you can do to avoid someone like me swooping in with all of my princeliness. Uh-huh. Yes. And ruining your dinner. Either that or this is a man that he cares about because he isn't adverse to sending the lady back smelling like a falling star. So too late she was back in your bed Smelling like a falling star Right. But in the bridge, he maybe cares about this person and his ability to make this lady happy because he sends herbs and a book of instructions on how to use them right. and advice on how to ease the fears. So maybe he's fine being the side piece because this lady's hot or whatever, but he doesn't really want a relationship with her. And he can see that maybe she wants a relationship with him, but he if that's not what he's into, he still wants her to be happy. So he's telling this guy, this is what you're going to yeah. do to make her yeah. be happy. You're making me feel much better about not quite knowing which direction I was going to go here. Okay. Because everything you're saying is correct, and I still don't quite know how I feel about it. Okay. Well, I mean, this song is one of those songs that you can look at it lyrically and be like, I don't know about this prince. But then you're listening to it and like, you can't help but sing along. It's like uh, I touch myself by the divinals. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be singing. (laughs) <laughs> singing that out in public, but I it's an earworm. Anybody else. <laughs> when you make my dinner for me, I touch my. <laughs> <laughs>
This song, in addition, I agree. It is fun to sing along to. Some clever lyrics. It does um, fall into the multiple instrumental extension trope that I think a lot of songs on this album suffer from. Okay. I guess that's the I don't know that a song can suffer. I, as a listener, might. (laughs) Uh, You know, that all starts at about four minutes and 30 seconds. The extension starts with rhythm guitar. And at first, I'm like, oh, cool. It's like a... I think on its own, outside of the context of an album, especially track 31, uh-huh. I'm all for, like, the longer the print song, you know, really, the better. Right. How could you make it worse by, like, especially instrumentally, like, using and having fun with, you know, pieces and parts and parcels that we've heard before, but mm-hmm. um, it does go on for a little while. It does. Um, I was surprised to see... On Prince Vault, that this also contains a sample of Squib Cakes. Yeah, I don't know where. I don't either. So the the one part that I thought was similar, though not a sample, was um, 4 minutes and 47 seconds. We get this high synth note that's held for a while. Okay. Like through 5 minutes and 52 seconds. So it's minute plus of this... Uh, high synth key and it's not dissimilar from how squib cake sounds at about five minutes and eight seconds but it's not a sample so i mean i listen to squib cakes plenty and i can sing release it to it Uh uh-huh but i could not figure out what example from what exactly from that song was sampled in this one right i don't know exactly but um that whole instrumental part kind of starts with this Descending xylophone type mm-hmm. sound that I thought was really fun. And of course, you mentioned we got a lot more of the up close and personal with those rubbery guitars. Yeah. And there's some like really fun, like 70s sounding stuff happening here. Yeah, so there's 70s are and also in- house sounding too. It's like right. a nice mixture of like soul music and house music. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot to enjoy in that, but I agree that it kind of goes on a little too long. Yeah, um, I, I definitely feel that way, especially since it was seven minutes and 42 seconds long. You do get right. the fun, I like the way it ends. Uh-huh, Prince's the... voice echoing, sleep around. Uh-huh. I know that yeah. and it fits with the song well. I just think there's like a good three minutes there that seem like overkill. Yeah. Well, he had to get to exactly an hour. I know, but with three minutes here, in addition to the additional, in addition to the additional, it's a double, (laughs) double addition. That's in multiplication to the additional, uh, extended instrumentals. We have on other songs on this disc. It's almost like, well, maybe you'd be better off with 14 songs instead of 12. I, I would just like sounds like Prince painting himself into a corner, right? Somehow, right? I don't think that I would have noticed that so much had there not been such a big deal about you know this perfect sixty minutes twelve songs. I'm like, well, that's very purposeful, so we had to you know act on that and make sure it happened, and it seemed like. It wasn't just a natural thing, right? It was forced, it was forced. and I do have to say, as the- even though this goes on a while, at least it still seems like it fits with this song. Okay. 
Like I could see him, you know, oh, he went overboard on the length of this particular song, but at least it sounds like it fits. Whereas we had codas on other songs that had a completely different sound. Yeah. I I will give this song points for its uniqueness. And again, as like a love letter to Maite, I'm not sure quite (laughs) where this fits into the story. So it is a confounding song that is fun to listen to, sounds great, hum along to it. But then then it's almost like you're eating a pie made of like human fingers and it tastes good. And then you realize what you're doing and I'm starting to think twice about this. That's a knuckle, a pie of human fingers. That is not where I would have gone. I think I have a little PTSD from the menu. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've also maybe made the song made the sound like I don't like the song as much as I do because I do enjoy it. Yes, I like it. It's just one of those like do 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 oh oh (laughs) what am I (laughs) what am I singing about? Yeah and how does this affect these other people's lives who this was written about, even if it's fictional. Uh Uh-huh. And then I started trying to think of it like from a woman's perspective, even though like this is clearly between two dudes, right? Uh He's not speaking to a woman. Right. And none of it is really disrespectful other than the the <laughs> the automatic thinking that if you aren't there for her, then she's going to go somewhere else. Go somewhere else and like not have the women testicle ball sacks to come confront you about it and uh-huh. like, hey, this is why I'm unhappy. Uh-huh. And maybe it was just this one woman. Not all women. <laughs> That's how I listen to it. That I listen to singular this as thing. this is a singular situation where there is a woman, she is with another guy, she's having a dalliance with Prince. Maybe Prince realizes she's having more feelings for him than he would like her to have. Yeah. And so he's going to figure out how to make her happy sure. with the guy she's actually supposed to be with. Yes, and I totally agree. I just think also the way these discs are constructed, it's sort of a linear thing, right? We get to friend, lover, sister, mother, wife. Mm-hmm. But that was like seven tracks ago, and now all of a sudden here he is with someone else's, uh, you know, inserting uh, the love symbol into somebody else's relationship. <laughs> so I think that uh, that we've moved on from the the courtship. The, is... the court. I think okay. the the second disc was really encapsulated the. My Tay experience, okay. so, so to speak. Sure. And I, I, I viewed everything before that and everything after that with, you know, maybe tangentially My Tay, but not specifically. So I do have to say, Prince is telling this woman's boyfriend, mm-hmm. she's with everybody you know. That's like, true. She's, yeah. But there's it's not no judge. Just, it's not just me, it's man. It's not just me, man. But there's no judgment there. There's no judgment. Uh, there's more judgment on the man saying, you didn't do a good enough job making her happy. Yeah. She's yeah. got to go out. I don't see this as a women are going to go out on men if they're unsatisfied as a rule. I see this as a, as a particular situation. There's no judgment of her for seeking satisfaction. There's judgment on him for not providing it adequately in the first place. Agree, but that's a lot of 
falling short for one man to cause his girlfriend <laughs> to go out and not just be with Prince, but with everyone he knows. Uh-huh. He must really suck. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't suck. Uh-huh. Uh, you know. <laughs> maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Could be. Could be. <laughs> it's a, I'm going to call it a work of fiction, maybe inspired by an encounter, and the song right. grew out of that. And then I'm going to be able to, you know, sleep tonight. That, oh, good. Well, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to sleep because of sleep around. You, because it's just you try eating the pie made of human fingers <laughs> and you let me know how you sleep around. <laughs> then we have da, da, da. Another thing I was waiting for was for you to introduce the name of the song. I wanted to talk about sleep around. And to hear if it, you know, caused you any <laughs> any strife internally. And then I wanted to hear you <laughs> introduce the name of the song. And I'm so happy. We're just like a track and a tenth into this. And it's already been worth it for me. Good. I'm so glad. Uh, the liner notes. Get it all out. All right. Cool. Now what? I guess this oh, was. okay. It. Maybe a rant. Yeah. Yeah, right. like I got to get this off my chest. And... Right. Mm-hmm. Get it off my chest. There we go. Done. Great. Um, yeah, so featuring Scrap D, yep. who we've already heard on Mr. Happy mm-hmm. primarily. Apparently yeah. Shouts in Style yeah. he also appeared on and was on I Rock, Therefore I Am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a quote-unquote proper rap by Scrap D. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's like... A different style than Prince's rapping, generally, which is more traditional, if there is such a thing as a traditional style in rapping. I mean, I guess there it was still being formed here by the mid-90s. It started in, you know, the 80s. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I was also a little perplexed uh, on Prince Vault. It said that Prince stated in interviews that he wanted each song on the album to end with a positive message. Right. Um, so I was thinking about just the previous song there, trying to figure out, like, where is the positive message <laughs> there? It's not like it ended with, uh, now that I'm done and that she made you breakfast the next morning, now she doesn't sleep around. We didn't but, get there. No. But he cited da-da-da as a specific example, which... Right. I would agree this does kind of, especially Prince's little part towards the end, does right, kind of answer, right. you know, what's going on here. Uh, I don't have, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. What I was don't just going to say, I don't have a whole lot to say about Scrapty's rapping, though he did mention, um, and he's kind of gloating that the Grand Dragon should be mad. Hey, yo, call the paddy wagon. I seen a black boy cash stacking. Smirk on my face, screaming, the Grand Dragon. For the fast cash. And so it's like, the Grand Dragon. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a high-ranking member of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. I thought he had, I don't want to con- I don't want to compare him to Chuck D. Other than they've got the same last middle initial and period. <laughs> But he has that kind of voice and delivery to me. That's very sure. powerful, strong. Sure. You know, especially on a Prince record, if you compare Chuck D uh, on Rave Into the Joy, Fantastic, and Rave Unto the Joy, Fantastic, to how Scrap D sounds here. Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar right. you know, sound. And I will say this 
does not sound all that different from I rock, therefore I am. If you listen to them back to back, you make yourself a little scrap D mixtape. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of similarities. Okay. Yeah, I get the sense that maybe Scrap has had trouble finding meaningful employment. Yes. In a cold weather climate. That's right. Where there's probably plenty of racism. Right. Yes. Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. you don't say. Yeah. 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 yeah it's cold. It's to have a little something to help him warm up. I got to stick to rock. I got the disease. It's called can't find a job. Smoking on the herbs let me see a little better. Looking for a job in this cold ass weather. Yeah, understandable. Prince sings the chorus line. I was trying to think, well, why is it called Da Da Da? And why are there only three Da's? There uh-huh. could have been any number of Da's. <laughs> but I thought that it was a little like uh, these memes, right? The it's fine, everything's fine, I'm fine. It's like just going about my day, Da Da Da, doesn't really matter. Uh huh. I'm going to sing this, but I don't expect it to make a difference. Just another day in my life. Oh, so it's the rant. Get it out. Yeah. Get it out and now move on. Sure. Yeah. Scrap is young, or at least of an age, that he lives at home with mom still. Right. Who is clearly worried about him, but all up in his scrap. Yeah. Yeah. If you mess up again, you're going to have to move out. Yeah. Or uh, questioning his whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the Unabomber. Hey, yo, as soon as I come home, I'm stressed by my mama. Questioning my whereabouts like I'm the Unabomber. Question more come up. And I thought, you know, I mean, we know who the Unabomber is, but if you are a, you know, younger than 30, maybe you don't know the right. story of oh. one young Ted Kaczynski. Yeah who was basically a domestic terrorist and a former professor of mathematics, bombed a number of colleges. I was also like, where did Unibomber come from? I sort of remember it as U-N-I bomber, Uh but it's U-N-A, which came from the FBI case identifier, U-N-A-B-O-M, University and Airline Bomber. Wow. That's where ah. you, like the FBI gave him that. That wasn't oh, something that, that he he protested. But, um, you know, and the timing as to, well, why would it appear on emancipation? He was arrested in 1995, 96. 95 is when he wrote a letter to the New York Times. Right. I remember explaining that. Explaining why he was doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, essentially a you know, condemnation of capitalism and trying to save the planet and, you know. You know, things that now I'm like, yeah, well, I can kind of get behind. Even then there were people in the FBI who said, you know, uh, take out the bombing and he's not all that crazy. Right. You know, based on what he's saying. But anyway, it was the the wrong thing for the right reasons. Yeah. 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 Or, Or the right thing for the wrong reasons, right? No, the right thing is not blowing things up. Oh, but I thought the right thing was his concern for the planet sure. and humanity. Right, okay. but the he did the wrong thing for the right reasons. He had good reasons. Yeah, you're definitely right there. I did not... I, I went down a little Unabomber... <laughs> Red hole. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was distracted listening to da-da-da. <laughs> I admit it here. But... I did not remember that it was Janet Reno, who was the attorney general at the time, who encouraged the publishing 
of this writing in hopes that someone would recognize it and be able to help identify who this person was and eventually lead to his arrest, which is exactly what happened. And it was his own brother, Ted Kaczynski's brother, who recognized the style of writing and the point of view. Right. And helped identify him and that's what led to his arrest. So it was very well timed. Like this all had come to a culmination basically when this song was recorded. Hmm. Yep. And Ted's still alive. Really? In prison. He's 80. Wow. Yeah. I guess that's, I'm against the death penalty. I guess that's a good thing to hear. Well, he was not sentenced to death. He was sentenced to eight consecutive life terms with no possibility of parole. Right. So, Never getting out. Never getting out. Yep. Um, when we get to the bridge, yeah, that's finally Prince, like singing. Yeah, not just da da dying. Right, and that comes after this like hollow "Let me hear you sing" mm-hmm. interjection, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But I did appreciate is getting back to your essential self yes. how you how you was in your mama's belly and then ending on this hopeful note of loving one another is the only way that kind of yeah. calls back to new world a little bit what you say loving one another is the only way for sure and then he you know is also very non-judgmental about what you believe in. He sings, if you believe in one thing, if you believe in two things, if you believe in anything, let me hear you sing. So it's kind of a coming together. Like you said, like basically live peacefully with the pure mind of a child. Right. We get a great guitar solo and da da da. Oh, which I had sort of forgotten about. Again, I don't think this was an album where people um, kind of bask in the wonderment of Prince's electric guitar work. There's some great right. rhythm guitar and bass guitar work, a lot of synthesizers and keys. But here at three minutes and six seconds, we do get a pretty rousing guitar solo yeah loud and kind of concerned Mm -hmm. sounding yeah 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 and i don't know if it's a sample but it's the the bet your life thing towards the end where they're saying yeah it's like that y'all it's like bet your life sounds like a sample of something to me but it's not noted anywhere so i've got no clue if uh you know, if that is mm-hmm. a sample. Right. Um, we do get a breakdown at about four minutes and 22 seconds with some interesting percussion. Yeah, almost like mechanical sounding claps. Yeah. But again, part of another somewhat extended outro. Right. song right and we it, it does come to a kind of an abrupt end and we get some vinyl record popping mm-hmm. after that so now in the words and pictures book which is not the 
insert with the CD, but the extra book that you had to call and order. Yeah, we did. Or buy at a concert. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. Um, in the words and pictures book, Scrapdy's lyrics are not in the book. So, but Prince's Bridge is. Interesting. Um, and it's perhaps includes a commentary on Scrapdy's lyrics, because the words and pictures area starts with words that are not in the song. It says, "Is venting worth the ink?" Mm. Question mark. And then it goes into Prince's part, and then that has additional lyrics. Okay. That are not in the song, but are in the book. So there's three sections. There's the red lyrics, which we actually hear, and then there's a section of white lyrics and a section of blue lyrics. And then there's a photo of Prince and another man in a cowboy hat. I assume Scrapty, but I don't know for sure. Uh, Prince is in a white hat. This other man's in a black hat. And uh, Prince is holding a sign that says USA. Mm -hmm. And neither man is looking at the camera. So... I don't know who that. I thought that that was Kirk Johnson oh, next to maybe him, but I could be I completely know. wrong. He apparently wasn't on the song, but yeah. So the, I forgot that the lyrics were in red, white, and blue uh-huh. for U.S. USA. Yeah. yeah. So there's a commentary here about the United States. Yeah. And how what is happening and how things are happening. Very interesting. Have forgotten about that. Had to grab this book and take a look. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll post a photo of those other lyrics on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. And um, if you'd like that photo or you know a link to something, if you don't do the socials, let me know. I'll be happy to send it to you. So nice of you. So I think the little vinyl record scratching is really part of the intro to my computer. Oh, okay. Then part of da-da-da. That's how I see it cut. I thought maybe it was a little more of a club suggestion. Hmm. Because clubs tend to use vinyl records, or at least they did at this time, rather than CDs so much. I think you hear the pops and whatnot towards the end of my computer, too. So it's oh, sort of really? bookended. Oh, but okay. That's where I was coming from. But so the next track, then, mm-hmm. My Computer. Yes. I think there should be a Wheel of Fortune before and after category, and one of the answers should be My Computer Blue. Oh. It would be perfect. It would be. The liner notes for My Computer Thanks, Kate. And it's T H A N X. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. Uh, of course, that's Kate Bush, right? Who provided additional vocals, but they're heavily edited. Well, yeah, they're just uh, sort of buried yeah. into the mix. Yeah, they're very they're treated and really buried. Um, this is her only appearance on a Prince album, but Prince appeared on a track of hers, "Why Should I Love You," in 1993. The greeting and goodbye are courtesy of AOL. And I read this. AOL had only about 5 million users at this point. So while it seems real nostalgic to us now, it was kind of cutting edge then. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
that was the the days of them putting installation CDs into the mail and uh-huh. sending them out to everyone. Yeah, was, everybody got it. Yes, oh, and yeah. that was like everybody's trying to figure out crafts that they're going to do with these yeah, AOL discs that they don't want, don't need, didn't ask for. Yeah, yeah, because I mean it's plastic. Yeah. So. It wasn't a very sustainable business model. No, nope, but it sure was fun to take a take a box cutter and cut the and peel the plastic because you would never do that to a CD that you spent spent, eighteen dollars yeah on. fifteen or eighteen dollars on. But you get one in the mail for free and you cut it and peel it. Right, let's see what the thing's made of. Uh-huh. Let's cut it up. Maybe the internet's in here. <laughs> According to Prince Fault, the theme of my computer was kind of an echo response to Kate Bush's song Deeper Understanding from her 1989 album The Sensual World. Um, so I, of course, had to go back and listen to Deeper Understanding again, had not listened to it in forever, and forgot that it actually uses the phrase, Kate sings the phrase, my computer, in the first oh. verse and talks about spending time with it like a friend. As the people here grow colder, I turn to my computer and spend my evenings with it like a friend. I, was I love that Elwood Edwards, the voice voiceover talent for AOL, gets credited. <laughs> well, it's uncredited on the album, but Prince Vault goes to links to you know, include, he was Uh the one that said the sampled vocals. You've got mail. Welcome. Yeah, so maybe you're right, because there's record pops that start this song, so that makes sense that maybe it was just a matter of where they cut the end of da-da-da. But I thought that was kind of fun, because there's these record pops, and that's like old school, and then you get this AOL, you've got mail, which was new school. Yeah. Welcome. You've got mail. Yeah. Even the, just the, the drum beat and the synths at the beginning. I really thought maybe that the, the synthesizer sound that repeats at the beginning of the song, mm-hmm. it goes boom, 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 boom. I thought I was going to be able to find that that was an AOL sound of some kind. Oh. I've listened to way too many YouTube videos of AOL (laughs) sound effects and did not find them. This is another song that starts off with the chorus. Right. Like uh, Sleep Around. know what prince usually does on a sunday night instead of doing what i usually do uh-huh he's yeah. online oh what do you usually do on a sunday night i mean most people like make their lunch and think about their week and what's coming up sure but i don't know that prince had those restrictions for sure for sure well he does get into some things he might be doing, like nothing on TV he hasn't right. seen before. He's in a world of reruns already. Right. Sadly, that's not going to improve. Yeah. Same stuff on the news, murders. He can't take it anymore. Right. Uh, another 
perhaps Unibomber res- reference, Evil Incorporated, blowing up bombs and things. Mm. Okay. Now the murder on the news. I can't take no more. Evil Incorporated, blowing up bombs and things. And a sideline, I think, where he sings, I have a child, I have a lot to explain. Yeah. I think he's writing that as a dad to be. Right. I have a child. Huh. I have a lot to explain. Yeah, which I thought that was interesting that does he kind of uh, maybe feel culpable in some way? How do I explain this evil in the in the world to a child mm-hmm. or as I'm sorry I didn't do more to make it better before you got here? Yeah, maybe. So I, c- I couldn't quite decide between the two sure. readings of that. Yeah, does he have to explain it or does he have to take responsibility for it? Yeah, before that... Uh, he says, scans his computer looking for a site, someone to talk to funny and bright. So he's he's trying to find somebody and I realize, oh, yeah, you had to actually like go look for message boards in order to find somebody to talk to. It wasn't mm-hmm. like Facebook. Facebook didn't come out till 2004 for Harvard students and 2006 for yeah. other people outside of Harvard. And it was... A little bit after that, I think, even before it was open to anything other than students. Yeah. But even Prince.org didn't appear until January 1st, 1999. So there wasn't like even like this place for him to yeah, go. to post messages, right? Right. To, or to go lurk and see what people were saying about him. Yeah. You know, he really it was an interesting thing. You really had to go search. True. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the second chorus, there are a lot of oohs in the background, and I think the second chorus is where you can start to hear Kate Bush singing. Yes. Um, and it becomes more revealed a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. And the, and he kind of feels like he's almost struggling a little bit with that second chorus. And I I wonder what he's trying to tell us with that, because if he didn't have a message that he was trying to help us understand, I think he would have just re-recorded it. Mm. So there was this like struggling with that second chorus. Mm. Well, I think just, you know, putting all of his woes and these internal feelings of loneliness together and then trying to pretend that it's a better world. That's what... Uptown was all about, right? Right. This make-believe utopia. Right. Make-believe it's a better world, a better life. I'm like, that's kind of interesting because he's really tapping into the uh, loneliness and fantasy ideas that we have even today about the internet that people are lonelier than they've ever been. And here he was feeling this kind of loneliness that we typically think comes because of social media and causing yeah. a disconnection. And here he is already feeling that same sort of loneliness. So maybe what we're attributing to social media, I'm sure it's not completely without culpability, but maybe that's just part of the human condition For or sure. part of the modern yeah. world. Yeah, there's one common denominator here between you know the dawn of the internet and where we are today and that's that you know humans are involved yes 
He's saddened that he calls an old friend, whoever this person is, female. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess he's looking for congratulations of you. Well, I mean, yeah, you've you, had success or you've I over... I think it's more of a uh, you got out of your record contract. Yeah. I think that's what he's he's won. No yeah. congratulations, no respect paid. I called an old friend of mine just the other day. No congratulations, no respect paid. Feel like this is him saying he called somebody and expected them to be like, "Hey, way congratulations, to go. Yeah. you did it!" And they were just like, "Oh, you're still alive, are you?" Yeah. And or maybe it was like a joke, you know? Hey, yeah. I mean, so is Prince still dead? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. And so he really did get his feelings hurt. I'm sure, but I think he's done a lot of building up in his own mind of how this, how important this whole thing was for him. Uh huh. And while I think that he was part of the story that he was doing it for other people, but the real story was was about him. Well, yeah, and his ownership. I mean, he, him and, being number one at the bank. So for it to not be uh, as quite of a big of a deal, or for other people to not understand it, shouldn't be that big of a surprise, right? Right. And then Prince sings again uh, about his own loneliness, and it's. Man, kind of heartbreaking. I can count my friends with a peace sign. One, two. I can count my friends with a peace sign. One, two. I'm like, I guess that's a way to avoid conflict is to not have very many people around you. But it's also, this is why you're lonely. Prince had not many people around him because he had conflicts, though, too. Like, there were, there's a whole other chapter of his life and success with a band and these people are all gone now, right? Although right. they stayed in touch with each other. Yeah. Okay. There's a third chorus where Kate is even more, I mean, it sounds like Prince, but the more I listen to it, the more yeah. I hear her. It doesn't sound quite as much like a distorted Prince vocal right? as think, a Kate Bush vocal. Right, exactly. So I couldn't tell if her vocals were in the other choruses or if that was Prince altered in the other choruses but i think yeah you're right here in this third one is where we can finally hear somebody that's not prince but it's still heavily altered for sure i usually do i scan my computer looking for a sight some more of those galactic spacey sound effects that we've heard before at like two minutes and 48 seconds right around the time when i think the best line or the best delivery of this whole song is when he sings, I got no mail, my computer. Uh-huh. I got no mail, my computer. Just love how it's delivered, love how it sounds. It's almost like a mini bridge in there by itself because it's not part of a chorus. It's not a callback or a verse on its own. And then uh, we hear a, a shift. So looking for people to chat with on his computer becomes a regular occurrence because it goes from it was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. And he's looking for somebody to talk to, to every Sunday night. Yeah. Every Sunday night. So it changes. So this goes from being a thing that he did sometimes to his new Sunday night routine. Yeah. 
I think this is almost like a microcosm of becoming addicted to your phone, right? Yeah. It used to be, oh, I, oh, that's really cool. Uh-huh. And now it's like, I can't even live without this thing. Uh-huh. And right. I've got to be looking at it all the time. <laughs> right? How dare I not be able to look up where I've seen that other actor on the show that we're watching <laughs> while I'm still watching the show. That's right. And the, 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 the current show becomes less important than, where have I seen that guy before? <laughs> Um, right before he delivers that and turns it into a weekly thing, uh-huh. he has a comment about doctors. <laughs> yeah. I told him I don't want to see a doctor unless he's lonely too. And he's mentioned doctors and therapists and songs mm-hmm. before, but here it's he makes it clear that unless the doctor has experienced similar feelings they can't help me because they don't know what I'm going through. I don't want to see a doctor unless he's lonely too. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a sad therapist is not the best choice. Oh, my god! But again, he's just looking for some commonality between people, even if it is with a doctor that he sits down with, whether it's like a MD doctor or a... Yeah, psychoanalyst. Yeah. Which I know is old terminology. I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. I'm not going to call you out on these things. <laughs> The final chorus, three minutes and six seconds, it's like a breakdown and the, it's like the chorus and a downbeat and you can, that's where you can really hear Kate Bush on background vocals. And then the, the better life repeats. He's yeah. trying to, he's trying to find something to connect him and have a better experience in this world and it repeats with these warm guitars uh-huh. that are really prominent. It's a beautiful inst- this is like an instrumental ending Yeah. that I'm like I'm all for this. It's nearly a minute one of the few like this is worth the extension moments for uh-huh. me on the whole album Yeah. And I remember reading this somewhere and I found it again on the internet on a Sunday night instead of doing what I usually do how many times he says a better life, including oh. time number one? Would you like to guess? Oh. Because you look like you haven't seen this before, no, so you know I it's a not. lot, right? Yeah, I have no idea. 52 times. Wow. One for each week, week of, of the year, year because oh. every Sunday night, this is what he's doing. So I'm out on a walk and I'm like, you know, I've never checked this, so let me do that. Oh. So I'm outside walking our dog and I'm counting, trying not to lose track, trying not to get distracted. And did it twice and landed on 52 every time, including the, and you start counting the first time he says, a better life. And then uh-huh. number two c- oh, comes from there. That's cool. It is indeed 52 times before you get the AOL sign off. Uh-huh. Goodbye. Yeah. And there's a synth line that we hear at three minutes and 43 seconds. saw on Prince Vault that it was from Come Electra Tuesday. But I went and listened to Come Electra Tuesday and they sound similar, yeah, these but synth not the lines, same. but they are not the same. Yeah, I would agree. So I disagree with about the synth lines, but I do agree that they sound similar, mm-hmm. but not sampled from one another. Yeah. I enjoy this song. This is one of those things where I'm like, it reveals Prince's loneliness, but somehow in this case, it doesn't seem quite so 
look at me, look at me, look at me. It's almost like confession. Right. Uh, and almost like, you know what? I am lonely and I'm trying to do something about that's it. That's true. On Sunday night, I'm trying to find somebody to talk to. Yeah. I wish it had occurred to me that Sunday nights I should go troll the internet in places where our prince might be and maybe <laughs> I'd have gotten a chat with him. Are there any lonely millionaire musicians who don't have a name here? <laughs> And then we have the final cover song from on this album, One of Us. The liner notes are an important statement for all of us, every one of us. This is, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the, the last of the covers right. and also the most contemporary of them. Absolutely. With it having only been out for a year um, from Joan Osborne's album Relish. Yes. And it was penned by uh, Eric Bazillion. Yeah. Bazillion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and backing vocals are by Maite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wondered if that's her only credited appearance on the album. I think here? it is. Yes, Which I think it is. I also read about uh, Eric M. Bazillion, and I thought, man, I hope the M stands for million. That would be so awesome. <laughs> Eric Million Bazillion. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read uh, when he went to a Prince concert in 1997? No. Oh, so Eric Bazillion, who said. He had no reason to think that Prince had any idea who he was, uh-huh. was in the front row of a 1997 concert in Philadelphia. Okay. And Prince played one of us at this concert and he played the guitar solo to him. Oh, really? Yes. And he said, I don't have any reason to believe that he had any idea who I was. But he played that guitar solo to me. I'm like, how cool is that? Wow. Very well. I'm glad it was a good experience and not one of those, like, I don't think Prince even knows what the song's about. <laughs> no. <laughs> one of those snarky remarks that we've heard before. Um, although I think the song is very, very clear mm-hmm. as to, you know, what it means. This is obvious, I think, to everyone now. And if you hadn't been collecting unreleased music or been in the Prince stratosphere and heard... Martika's Love uh-huh. Thy Will Be Done. This uses the same drum beat pattern from Love Thy Will Be Done. Yep. From um, her 1991 album, Martika's Kitchen. Yeah. On Prince's version was uh, on originals. So mm-hmm. they've all been revealed to the world now. Right. I did not know what Prince Vault told me that this was premiered after a show in December of 1995. Same show that the Crystal Ball version of Days of Wild was recorded uh-huh. and the Slave New World single was handed out uh-huh. is when the song was first played uh-huh. slash performed. Yep. Uh, so it is very much the first incarnation of the new power generation, kind of the right 90, 1992 version of it after sure. Rosie Gaines was gone. Right. With Michael Bland, Sonny T, Mr. Hayes, and Tommy Barbarella. Yep. And you can tell that this was probably recorded uh, live. It's believed to have been recorded during a live rehearsal at Paisley mm-hmm. Park. It does have a very live sound in the vocals. Uh, some of these drums sound really live, even though I know there's a backing track from... Yeah, yeah, there are but, drums, live drums played on top of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Prince changes a word in the chorus. So Joan Osborne says, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us? Prince changes that to, what if God was one of us, just a slave like one of us? Right. Um, So he has clearly put his own stamp on this. Right. I wanted to know if you heard at the beginning of the song, as the drum pattern is playing, you can hear Prince say, can we just play this song? Oh, It's like an echoey way down in the mix but sounds like something he would say to a small crowd when they start playing a new song no I didn't hear that not in the lyrics not mentioned on Prince Vault but you can clearly hear it okay very fun yeah yeah I think the live version probably helped this not get too overproduced because I could see Prince polishing a song like this to the point where it kind of loses its luster. Uh Can you polish something enough to it loses luster? Um, Prince could figure out how to do that. But the, the raw version of this that we got from him is kind of a nice take on, you know, like Joan Osborne's is kind of this American, almost folksy kind of, you know, hymnal almost. Right. At about a minute and a half, there's this fun sound effect that's sort of spacey sounding, but also kind of sounds like you're running your fingernail down a comb. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. Yeah. Um, I did go back and listen to Joan Osborne's version too, uh-huh. um, just to see like, was there a guitar solo up front, which Prince did the chorus Prince kind of delivers it in a one note type you know, yelling almost, and there's a synthesizer that kind of plays uh-huh. the, the the harmony or the melody okay. of the song. Joan kind of sings it. Prince kind of says it, screams it, uh-huh. uh, in addition to the slave right. slob change. Uh, we hear Maite's backing vocals mm-hmm. really well at about two minutes. See then that you would have to. quite nice yeah that's um, a good fit for her mm-hmm. voice yep um and prince does give us one slob <laughs> while his background singers say slave that's three minutes and 49 seconds mm-hmm. prince says slob and the background singers say slave yeah so slave. i don't know if he just oopsed or if there was, it was intentional, or I think it was intentional to sing it the right, you know, the right way, the the way that it was written. Mm-hmm. I'm with you um, on on Joan Osborne's version. The song kind of ends, and it's kind of the singing coda that she has with the uh, just a uh, stranger on the bus trying to make his way home, and then this like a holy Rolling Stone. Back uh-huh. up to heaven all alone, right. nobody calling on the phone except for the Pope maybe in Rome is sort of this trailing vocal when the song ends. And with Prince, it's kind of a screaming right. lead up to the end of the song. Right. I thought it was interesting. I know he didn't write this song, but it's an interesting placement here right after my computer 
where he's really kind of seeing the connection between humanity and God, Mm -hmm. where he himself is feeling very alone in my computer. Here is this idea that maybe God feels a little bit alone too sometimes and that, you know, he's just trying to get home, but there's not really anybody there. thought too like i think that the story like the christian god right um and the trinity is this humans being made in the image of god right god coming to earth in the form of a person to show that he gets us if Uh you want to believe the giant campaigns going on right now that we could talk about separately so it's not like what if god was one of us it's like the christian experience right is god has been one of us. Right. Um, but today, would we recognize him? Would we, if just a cup of water was all that he demanded, uh-huh. you know, would you give it to him? Right. Or if he was just somebody on a bus, you know, yeah. looking lonely and sad, mm-hmm. would you Would you notice? Yep. Yeah, and almost this cautionary tale of, you know, because God has been one of us, could be any of us to... Stop and think about that before you yeah. act yeah. towards any other human being. Yeah. So unrelated but interesting. On her album Relish, Joan Osborne's album where this song first appeared, the song following her version of One of Us is a song called Ladder. Oh, really? Huh. Which we've talked about around the world in a day. And right. the final huh. second to last track on that album being The Ladder by Prince. Unrelated, but I thought kind of interesting. Very interesting mm-hmm. that there's these connections like that. Seems like the kind of thing that Prince would notice and be like, "Ooh, yes, maybe so." It's meant to be. Yeah. All right, then we have the love we make, the penultimate song on this album, the liner notes, written for a lost friend. Um, and now we had talked about during face down that some people thought that that song was about the death of Jonathan Melvoin in error. They thought that, um, but this song is the one that's actually believed to be inspired by the tragic death of Wendy and Susanna's brother. Yeah. It makes always a lot of sense. Perplexed me a sense. little bit that, I mean, cause face down is sort of a fun rant, right? It's not there. There aren't other than, you know, Elvis doing drugs. There's no real connection there right. to, you know, an accidental death. It's like Elvis is dead. In fact, you can <laughs> yeah, bury me face down so you can kiss me. Cause yeah. I'm dead like Elvis. That's right. This is certainly more of a tribute song, a more thoughtful rock ballad. Right. For sure. It starts off, the dogs that beg, steal, or borrow are to be whipped. To whip the dogs that beg, steal, or borrow. Dogs, do we think they're drug dealers or do we think it's addiction in general? 
Yeah, um, maybe both. Maybe okay. both. Uh, the inherent evil in it all. Yeah. Yeah, we get... I think this also just features Prince's singing range and pitch for sure. really well, how mm-hmm. perfect they are and what a great vocalist he was as very front and center here, maybe the most on the whole album. Sure. Which makes sense as the second to last song. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because there's these... It's a heavy song and these lyrics are really delivered, carefully measured, and there's kind of a slow beat, mm-hmm. but it, it also has some other bits of the music that are a little faster. So it's a slow song, but it's not a slow song. It's just an, a really unusual sort of feel to it, which I thought was Yeah, like enjoyable. highly original too. Like I yes. did not feel like this is another rehash of scandalous and uh-huh. you know one kiss at a time that type of that of course it's not a love song it's not a seduction song either so we and we said earlier that prince had stated he wanted songs in this album to end with a positive note so there's this message after kind of an instru- instrumental part from a minute seven to a minute 44 uh-huh. where i think we get a little like slightly different message than what we've gotten from prince throughout this whole era not just this album with Happy is the way to meet your burdens, no matter how heavy or dark the day. Happy is the way to meet your burdens. No matter how heavy or dark the day. That is a little hypocritical, considering how this just started with Slave, and everybody keeps trying to break my heart except for me. Um, word they learn hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think this, this is kind of a mantra, but not really the way that Prince has lived the last three or four years. <laughs> it wasn't with a lot of happiness about his burdens, which were very heavy on him. Yeah. Well, I wrote down, this is challenging. That's challenging. Because sure. Sure. if we're supposed to know Prince through his music, yeah. we can see that he is bad at this. He is not good at meeting his burdens with a happy heart. That is true. I think like outside of the situations, you know, like coming out of this whole era, you know, he was one to say, I want to thank Warner brothers because I wouldn't be here without them. Like not only financially and my stature as a musician, but I couldn't be at this you know, state of enlightenment, having not been through what right. I felt were tough times. Right. So I think he was good at coming out of it and, and feeling that way. I don't know that he was the best example of being in it and staying the course. Right. That's fair. Oh, and I almost wish he wouldn't say anything about cleanse and purify uh. because he says all that believe will cleanse and purify themselves. All that believe Now, he's probably talking about baptism, but all I can think of is Apollonia jumping into Uh Lake Minnetonka. Sure. I thought of that, too. I thought that that was maybe maybe intentional. Yeah. You know, and that was sort of what his character was trying to get her to do also. Like, you've got a, you know, baptism by freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Literally almost to death. Mm -hmm. 
I watched a fun little interview with Apollonia with her. She talked about that and she like turned blue and the paramedics were like having to warm her up. And yeah, Um, we get a mention of savior. Precious is the baby with a mother that tells him that his savior is coming soon. Precious is the baby with a mother. Savior being a track right on this on this album, and then the obvious reference to Jonathan Melvin with right. the "Put down the needle, put down the spoon." Yeah, he sings it twice. I mean, it's very. You mentioned the exact paraphernalia. Uh-huh. It turns into, you know, you're not like making allusions as to what's happening anymore. It's this very raw, you need these two objects to use this drug and mm-hmm. become an addict. And right. It's a very direct reference to heroin overdose. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Another song reference for In the New World, We Will Be There. Mm-hmm. song on this track previously yep um and he there's no real chorus here either right no, it's up until not. the end when he sings the only love there is is a love we make and repeats it a few times the only love there is a love we make. and then the song like kind of comes to an end so it's definitely a chorusless song Right. Well, and I don't quite know how to feel about that because he says it's very pretty. Sacred is the prayer that asks for nothing. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about prayer, and the idea is that God is love. But then he says the only love there is is the love we make. No, yeah, I see what you're saying. So I'm like, yeah. it, it's a little. Well, is God love, or do we make the love? True. And I don't feel like it's a make love in a sexual (laughs) context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what he's saying, though, that like maybe not it's sacred is a not a literal term there, but like it's very special to just have a conversation with God. Okay. And just giving thanks, not asking for something. Sure. But I mean, but it also feels like. We are the epicenter of love that if we're not showing that to one another, that things like this will happen. Sure. God has made us to be loving creatures, right? Sure. But just because we're loving creatures doesn't mean that the world is filled with love. We have to like manifest it somehow. Okay. So that was how I I saw this. Okay. Well, I can get behind that. I thought this was kind of a... a surprising revisit for me to hear this song and think it's a pretty grand composition and song without being overdone or Mm -hmm. self-righteous or getting into, you know, these personal issues and personal feelings that have like flooded his music and his thoughts and his interviews for the, you know, three years running here. I felt like that was something he struggled with on this album was like creating not just creating good music, but but creating more universal music. Okay. Where this kind of fell into that category for me. Like I think of prior albums like Around the World in a Day, title mm-hmm. track, 
like he's not really even a part of it that the prince persona isn't isn't who he's singing about right like emancipation is this super inward looking i'm making myself the center of the story here mm-hmm. um but this song is one example on this album where that doesn't happen and i think it makes it stronger yeah i agree So now that we've got that in, let's turn it all right back around on Prince (laughs) and close it out with the title track. That's right. Emancipation. It shares drums with the song Playtime. Yes, it does. We we were reminded of that back in our one second challenge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially there's a breakdown uh, in Playtime from three minutes and 30 seconds to three minutes and 36 seconds. And that's essentially the very start of the drums for Emancipation. That's where you're going to really hear it. Very cool. The liner notes. True freedom takes place in the spirit. Many will try to shackle that spirit, for many have none of their own. Step to the right and uppercut them all. Never stop believing that if nothing else, things change. Evolve into the light and all disorder will cease. Live for love and love will live for you. All smushed together. I wish you heaven. And this is the only one that he signs with the love symbol. Cool. Yep. Um, there are some chaos and disorder titles in there also. Into the light and disorder. So I think he's kind of closing the, the loop there mm-hmm. on the chaos. And this is the last song of the album he was born to make. Right. As he liked to say. Uh, In September of 1995, a poem entitled Emancipation was handed out to a crowd before a show at Paisley Park. Uh, This poem and the eventual song do not share verbiage. Yeah, there's an image of it on the Prince Vault page. There is. Read it all. Yes. So I guess we can start with the great parts about the song. It is (laughs) one of the funkier songs, right? It has a lot of... Uh, soulful playing, a lot of bass guitar. I don't want to say organic drums, but it's not like a... Like a drum machine. It doesn't sound like a programmed thing. So it has kind of this organic feel, even though it's Prince on every instrument and all vocals. Mm -hmm. Um, All sung in falsetto. Yes. Which I also think is interesting because, of course, he started his career, his first three albums almost entirely falsetto right. before he kind of developed a comfort, you know, and singing and, you know, other ranges. ways, right. and ranges. Um, but on this, the last song, we get him all falsetto again. Yep. Um, there's some funky organ playing in the left channel all throughout verse one. Um, it's not a Hammond organ. It's another kind of buzzy, funky organ. Okay. I should have Googled that before I sat down. Buzzy, funky organ from the <laughs> 70s. Yeah, there's like fun, kind of complicated guitars oh, that are yeah. kind of plucky, and it's really enjoyable. Yeah. This is Prince in Defense of Prince. I was born this way. Yeah. Ever since I was a little baby, I had to have double everything. Uh Uh-huh. Never since I was a little baby, I had to have double everything. His desire to achieve was innate. Yeah. 
So yes. I'm sure there's a little hyperbole here because yes. I don't know that if he was a little baby and his mommy gave him a rattle, was he not happy till he had two? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a good thing women have two breasts <laughs> because it kept Prince as a child happy. <laughs> Joking. To the top, Johnny, hear me sing. Don't know who Johnny is. Mm-mm. To the top, Johnny, hear me sing. I did like in the chorus that he's now free to make his own artistic choices. And in that, he references Purple Rain, where I think he's kind of trying to reclaim it. I think this is some of the laziest, (laughs) laziest songwriting Okay. Of Prince's career. Okay. The title track for the album he was born to make has to use the words Purple Rain. I mean, I just think it is just... Not just once, in the chorus. I know. It repeats over and over. When I first heard the song, I was kind of like, that's kind of weak. And then the more I listen to it, I mean, the stronger I feel about it. And it's all his creation, man. More power to him. Do whatever you want. I'm glad he felt free. He felt like he could do what he wanted to, where we talked before, like there's, you know, the freedom is different for mm-hmm. each and every person. Sure. But yeah, they, I just, I cannot help but give the old eye roll when I hear, <laughs> see you in the purple rain. I mean, like the thing that he's been trying to avoid repeating. Yeah. For well, 12 years at this point. Yeah. I I kind of see it as... He's tried to avoid repeating it because somebody else made it something. Like he, other people had feelings about it in ways that he couldn't control. And so now he's going to try and reclaim that a little bit. I'm going to reframe it. Purple Rain is part of my history. I get to say it if I want to. But I agree, it's not very inventive. Yeah, I just, I just keep coming back to. To, to, to lazy, at, at best a little bit lazy. Okay. At worst, super lazy on something that he made this important. But it's been going on forever since he was a little baby, since Eve did unto Adam. Ever since that Eve did unto Adam. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> nope, I don't like so, that. I so, don't yeah. like blaming it on Eve. Yeah, so clearly placing uh, the responsibility of Adam and Eve's banishment from the garden on Eve. Nope. And that's the same thing that someone's been doing to him. So he is faultless in every way. It was his own managers and lawyers and cohorts who bit the apple when the record gods told them, you can do anything except eat this apple. Guys. Well, he can get his little ass out of the game then. I've been trying to break the chain. Get my little ass out the game. I did like that line. <laughs> I forgot I that he caused, that he referred to himself essentially as get my little ass out the game. Uh-huh. And uh, a baseball sound like crack of the bat. It seems like a very weird sport choice for Prince. When has he ever showed any reference, <laughs> any, any, um, you know, uh, adoration for America's pastime. 
It's Never. not really a, a game for folks in Minnesota, for one thing. There are the twins there, but I mean, Prince has been like basketball guy, some football. Uh huh. Um, so it's interesting that roller you know, skating, roller skating. So get out the game. He's been to Wimbledon, but uh, here, you know, to get out of the game, it's this crack of the bat and crowd cheering at a, at a baseball game. I'd rather sing with a little bit more harmony. Cool. So he wants to like have happy, more happiness, like harmony not being just a musical term, but uh, he wants to feel good about what he's singing, writing, feeling about. Cool. Sure. He wants us to be sure that he is free now. Free, don't think I ain't. Free! Don't think I ain't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll point out some things I like. Okay. Two minutes and fifty nine seconds. You get Prince screaming, "Break the chain! Break the chain! Break the chain!" There's some like gold experience level screaming there. There's some ooh 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 oohs that repeat. Okay. During the kind of outro, as he just repeats Emancipation. Again, I think we kind of, this song has a chorus, but it's just kind of a, it's a lazy chorus. (laughs) And also fun as he, you know, it ends and yes, you get the kind of cocky, don't think I ain't like Uh I'm about to get started now that you've heard my 36 songs. Uh That's where it all begins. From four minutes and six seconds to four minutes and nine seconds, there's this sound effect, kind of a reverse sound effect that you hear at the very start of the album, mm-hmm. beginning of Jam of the Year. So it almost creates, you know, this perfect circle, so to speak, in the shape of a pyramid. That's right. It's the it's the bringing us around. You start at the top point, you go down to one yeah, corner, you go over. to another corner, and you end up at the same point with yep. the little symbol-y yep. thing. Um, so I think musically, like from an instrumental standpoint, I think this song is a lot of fun. Sure. There's a lot of great stuff going yep. on. Um, I agree. I'm super disappointed with the lyrics here. I think Prince almost dug himself a hole. Right. Uh, like too deep to climb out of. Like right. you've set, so, you've, uh, <laughs> why bother trying? <laughs> well, I think he tried. I think he's like, oh, you know what would be cool is let's mention Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's kind of uncool. Yeah, I'm just suffering from a disappointment, not, not a celebration of emancipation. Okay. Personally. Okay. But it's a, it's a lot of songs to bring together, save the title track for the end. Uh-huh. And then have it be a little. Uh, it's a it's a long journey great. to go through to to end up. It's like Al Capone's vault vault, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we're watching. We're just sure Geraldo Rivera is going to find something exciting oh, yeah. there, and it, was it could be anything, empty. and it was nothing. 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 It could be anything, yep. or it could be. Absolutely I don't want to say nothing. this is nothing because I think there's a lot to love musically sure. here. Lyrically, I think there's a lot to be desired. Sure. That's fair. 
All right. Well, we haven't done this in a couple episodes. We so still do this? Yeah, we still okay. do make selections. So okay. let's remind people how we make selections. Could you now. remind me and I'll write down some stuff. <laughs> so we choose three things. Theoretically, every episode, but uh, these episodes on Emancipation, we've done it by disc, so every other episode, uh, we choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time period at which the material was recorded or released. Sure. These are relatively in quick succession. The sea, the low point, the thing that we like the least, and the mountain, the high point, the thing that we like the most. So... These are my dumb rules, so I go first. The time capsule for me. And would, to just clarify more, our time capsule C and mountain in this episode is for all of disc three, which we've covered in the last two episodes. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. The time capsule for me is a slave because this is what we heard and saw from Prince before the release of this album we're finally kind of getting his side of the story it was something that i felt was a missed opportunity where as the public we didn't really understand what that meant it looked pretentious it maybe in some cases was a little pretentious but he did have a reason for why he did it and i thought that getting to finally hear that in his own way him telling us in song was my time capsule. It is also my time capsule. Oh! But I don't think it was because, for me, it wasn't because I was looking forward to hearing his side. I felt like we we heard his side, right? He seems like, he feels like he's, he doesn't own his master, so his master's own him. Right. So I, I kind of already got that going into this. I just, I almost feel like I'm I'm forced to choose slave like a slave <laughs> because I think this brings more to me. It brings a, a merciful end to the period of time okay. when he would appear in public with that word on his face. And, you know, it was a, you know, a beacon for attention. It was a way to, you know, five letters. The camera can't not show his face. So right. he knew it would be there. Um, so it just, it helped tell the story. So I don't think there's any other choice besides that song as the time capsule, which you and I have now clearly illustrated. That's right. All right. The C, the low point. Yeah. For me, it's da, 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 just because it's the one I'm most likely to skip on this disc. Uh, sorry, Scrafty. Just not my thing. It doesn't get any better with me, Scrafty, because my C is also <laughs> da, da, da. Um, I will say... Save for Prince singing the bridge, which right. I really enjoy. Yeah, me too. And the guitar solo, um, I think, is nice on this song too. But I don't even want to say that it's not well done. I don't know rap well enough to say it's right. good or bad. It's not really for me to even try to have an opinion on that. But in addition to it just not being my cup of tea, uh-huh. I could also tag every extended instrumental ending on every song on this disc, the other two as a C, with the exception of my computer with those 52 better lives that right. actually, there's yeah. a meaning and a purpose there for it. It's not just a let's keep going because we got to get to 60 minutes. Okay. All right, the mountain. I don't know about you, but this was the most difficult choice that I've had to make on all three of these discs. 
was what was going to be my mountain. And today I'm choosing face down. Okay. Because I really appreciate a sweary prince. But I could have just as easily gone for style because I love both of those songs. And Sleep Around, despite its flaws, is so much freaking fun. Yeah. I was going to ask what made it hard is because there were three songs there that you kind of like, depending on your mood, you could yeah. say any of these three. Well, you could any live of those with. songs come on and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> I had to narrow down to face down and style too. But to me, I thought I was going to pick face down thinking about this uh-huh. disc because that's probably the song I go back and play the most. Sure. I think it's the most memorable and it's kind of a, I mean, there was a video for it. So mm-hmm. I think it came down to me for style is a song that if he were alive today, Prince would be more proud of. Okay. And more descriptive. Of not just how he lived, but how he freaking walked down the street, right? Uh-huh. right? It was like trying to put into words. It wasn't just style. It could have been called Prince or the artist formerly known as Prince. You know, this is was his essence. Right. Um, and it wasn't such, you know, a kiss-off song is great, and that's what Face Down was. But I thought style had more finesse. So... That was ultimately my decision. Excellent. Excellent choice. I'm glad my absolute two favorites, Style and Face Down, got each of us to have it got to shine for both of us. That's right. That's right. Well, we spent six episodes of this podcast on the studio discs, the three of them that made up Emancipation. So I think the next logical step is to take a episode and just talk about the released remixes the things that were put out official remixes from this album and those include really just two songs out of 36 that had kind of b-side remixes alternate takes that were officially released and that's somebody's somebody and face down so we're gonna have a two song showdown in our next episode. Woohoo! Excellent. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for all of this time that we have talked about emancipation. It has been a joy and we hope that you'll join us next time. We know that you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio anywhere. So we really appreciate that you took the time to download and listen tell a friend if you haven't yet told a friend I don't know if you're listening all the way to the end and you have somebody who's a Prince fan in your life that you haven't told about this show but you know if you haven't please do the more the merrier and until next time happy purple listening friends thanks for sticking with us and then a little after bless you bless you except to the right and uppercut them all. <laughs> Let me say that again. Please do. <laughs> <laughs>